I'm Jason Comstock, and welcome to We Happy Few, the podcast that allows veterans and their families to tell their stories. My name is Mason Comstock. Um, I was eight years old when my dad shipped out to Iraq. I'm David Comstock. I was 11 years old when my, my dad was sent out. So I thought um, for this episode of We Happy Few, we could do um, just a conversation with my sons to find out what they remember, what that experience was like. I've asked them to be very honest. And so with that, um, do you, what do you remember? So I got activated in February of 2004. Uh, what do you remember about that activation? Do you remember when I got the phone call? Do you remember any of that? So I'm pretty foggy about the the period when you were gone um, honestly Um, before I remember because we made a big deal about a lot of like preparation because you left us like a lot of like recorded books that you had read for us to listen to and a bunch of other stuff Um, but I mean that's there was just so much going on at the time that it was hard to kind of process what do you remember David? I, I remember uh, when when you sat us down in, in, the, in our front room and uh, just you and mom looking really concerned and everything. And then when you finally told us that, that your unit had been, been activated, um, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to describe the feeling of... Kind of how that, how that 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 news was. The only way that I can I can really think to describe it was like just getting pushed off a cliff and just 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 waiting to see what happens when you hit the bottom. Do you remember um, folding newspapers every morning and seeing the head headlines? Um, I don't remember seeing the headlines, but I know we had a, a couple conversations about puberty when we were folding <laughs> newspapers, and you're like, I don't know if we're gonna have time for these conversations when when you're older because I don't know what's going to happen when I'm out. So uh, here we go. I just remember every morning, every time we'd fold the paper, there was always a headline about how many soldiers had been killed in Iraq. And so I was always worried that you were going to read that and say, Dad, is that's where you're going? And I would try to think of some lie that I could tell you about how I was going to be safe because I'm going to be in some air-conditioned office all the time because I do computers and all of that kind of stuff, even though I had no idea what I was getting into. So. So what do you remember, Mason, what do you remember from the deployment while I was gone or just? See, and I I don't remember a ton about you being gone because, I mean, I was, I was pretty young. Uh, and so I remember us spending a lot of time at our grandparents' house. See, and that's kind of one of the tricky things for me about kind of that whole era is so much happened and so much of it happened back to back to back to back that it all kind of blends together. So I don't remember how much happened, you know, when you got back and 
you know, we were dealing with some other things as a family and what I am placing mm-hmm. kind of at that point in my life. Um, I just remember our family because, I mean, there's there's five of us kids and, you know, now we're being raised by just, you know, a single mother. Um, just spending a lot of time with extended family um, and kind of dealing with that. What do you remember about that time? Uh, so I remember mom was also working on her master's at the same time and then working at a working as a government teacher at the high school. Um, let's see here. I remember uh, there was uh, one point where you had sent some music CDs back, mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that you were listening to, and Mason and I got really into that, which kind of... Yeah, Mom was not happy with you. Mom was pissed. <laughs> Mom was <laughs> well, so, so, so mad. In fairness, Letitia plays the cello, and she always wanted a quartet. That was her dream. And I had, uh, I mean, I had always listened to rock and roll, but, but I had, because I met other people and we were sharing the music that we had, I suddenly had this wide variety of music that I was listening to. And so I just sent it home because I know, I know David and Mason loved music as well. And well, it was, and, and our mom had been teaching us how to like play cello and play violin and, you know, really really wanted that family quartet and you know as soon as me and david got our hands on like green day and the foo fighters it that was just that was out the window that was not gonna happen for her unfortunately yeah yeah she wanted a quartet and we ended up with a rock band um i also remember that is a lot of where i started getting really into video games is because you would send us bootleg um PC games like uh, some of the first go- Ghost Recons and like Jedi Outcast is, yeah. is the one that I always remember. <laughs> yeah, well, because in our downtime, that's what we did. We played video games, and so I was just sharing with you guys what I was doing. So the uh, while we're on kind of this subject, the other one that I remember you sending us home is these weird like bootleg double features. <laughs> yeah, we would go to the laundromat in Iraq and we would buy these movies. And and so if you've ever if you've not ever seen a bootleg movie, bootleg movie, basically you're watching this movie that somebody is probably filming on their phone <laughs> while they're sitting in the theater. And so you literally will see people stand up in front of the 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 image that you're watching. And and but that's what we had access to. So my favorite was the the subtitles. Yeah, yes. There were really bad subtitles. And it's funny because when I think of people like taking the time to film a movie in a movie theater and, and send it to people, like I think of people doing that for like good movies. <laughs> the one that I always remember is uh, Rob Schneider starring vehicle The Hot Chick. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> We, like we 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 we, were, we couldn't just choose. We couldn't even make a request. There was just a box of DVDs, and if we hadn't seen one, we would pick it up for a couple. You sent us some real some real stinkers, Dad. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's jump ahead then. What do you what do you remember about me coming home? Um, so this would have been uh, November two thousand five. Yes. Um. So with you coming home. Um, this is where it's all a lot clearer for me just because I was definitely getting older and becoming more of like an actual person, right? Um, and I just remember 
it was weird because you were very different from kind of what I remembered. How so? Um, you're just a lot angrier, it felt like. Um, and I know while you were gone, David had a ton of those same anger issues, you know, um, you know, like it's, it's really silly, like in retrospect, but I mean, we would come home from school while you were gone and like mom would be at work or doing some school stuff. And so she'd give us like a list of chores and David would like blast the like, bad guy themes from the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and just beat the hell out of us. It, it was awful, but it's real funny now. Um, um, and, and there was, I think a part of me that was like, dad's going to come home and this is going to be fixed. You know, this, this kind of constant tension is, is going to be gone. And I think that was the most striking thing for me when you came back is that it was not, there was yeah. just more on top of everything that we were already dealing with. So David, you described feeling like um, getting pushed off a cliff and then you struggled with a lot of anger. So what, what were you feeling? What was going on? Um, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of stress suddenly not having any uh, not having any like patriarchal figure mm-hmm. in my life to look up to and not really knowing how to control any of that or know how to, to, to direct any of those emotions I know I know after you got back we, we started kind of trying to tackle some of those things but um, I know there was uh, in the, the neighborhood that we lived in there was a, a one of the guys who was, was in our, our church ward, um, his name was Roman Scott, and he would, um, I think, about near the time of the end of your of your tour, he would come and pick me up after I'd have a, had it explode or something, and, and uh, he would just kind of talk me through it. And uh, did it help that he was a Marine? I think so, because it it uh, that was just something else that I could I could connect to. Mm-hmm. My, because my dad's my dad's a soldier, and this this gentleman was was a was a marine, and I think you know it just kind of sucked. <laughs> really, to, to describe it in a word, because um, I remember there being some pretty pretty bad pretty bad outbursts. Uh, there was one point where I'd gotten in, in some kind of just threw a huge tam- temper tantrum. And it destroyed my room and threw paint everywhere. It's just real wild stuff. Was that the time you stepped on the light bulb or something and cut your foot yeah. open? Yeah. yeah. And just cut it. Just, just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a great time to take a break and hear from the businesses that are making this podcast possible. If you support us and what we are doing, Please support them. Hi, I'm Amy Donaldson. And I'm Jason Lee. Listen to our free podcast, Voices of Reason, unless you enjoy screaming matches. Nope, you're not going to hear that with us. You'll hear folks who may disagree, but seek to understand different views. That's Voices of Reason on the KSL Radio app or wherever you find interesting podcasts.
So did you ever, did you ever, you know, you said you felt like you got pushed off a cliff. Did you ever find the bottom? I think, I think eventually I found some kind of bottom. Um, you know, I think, I think actually I found kind of the, the bottom of that uh, about the time we had, we had moved um, out of Idaho and went moved down to Utah and realized I didn't have to be, I didn't have to be like this. I didn't have to be uh, an angry person. I didn't have to um, allow. Why do you think you were angry all the time, especially while I was gone? You know, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't remember why I was angry all the time. <laughs> I think that may have just been kind of a David issue, mm-hmm. but it is something that picked up and escalated. Sure. At the same time that you were there, and I'm sure that had something to do with it, but it felt like as a result of not having that kind of guiding hand, mm-hmm. it just ended up yeah. picking up speed and getting a lot worse than it could have otherwise. So what advice would you give to kids of soldiers or Marines or sailors or whoever is that's, that's getting ready to deploy? What would you tell them? Talk to someone. As soon as possible, and hold on to it mm-hmm. <laughs> as tightly as you can. I think um, being being willing to be open about what you're feeling in those those times, uh, you can you can prevent a lot of negative decisions. Mm-hmm. And I know I and I made lots and lots of mistakes even after you came back. I think as kind of as a as a bit of a result of that because I didn't just out of control. Plus, when you, when you came back, I'm like right in the middle of puberty, which is mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, not being being willing to to be honest with yourself and recognize that there's there's an issue, and I realize that at 11 or 12, it's not necessarily easy. Well, and, and so I, I almost think that's the wrong question. I mean, especially when you're dealing with kids yeah. that young. I mean. What can they do? You know, like find support, like yeah. go talk to the kids in school about how your dad isn't home. Like it's yeah, it's it's tricky because it's it's just a hard situation. And and one of the worst parts of it, I think, is that you really do just have to get through it. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, what do you remember about, um, how I changed Mason? You mentioned that a little bit. Well, um, to start with, you were angrier than you were before. Um, I think, you know, before you left, um, you'd always been, you know, fairly soft spoken, um, the fun parent. Mm -hmm. Um, and, when you came back, it was weird because there would be moments where, you know, that would come through and it would be like, okay, so we're, we're back to normal. Right. We would, um, we would, uh, like lip sync to hot fuss, the, the first killers album. Mm-hmm. And like all of us kids would have like kitchen spoons that we were like pretending to play guitar on. And, you know, we would do that while we were supposed to be doing dishes with you. And then, you know, a couple hours later, you would come downstairs and just storm through because the basement was a mess, you know, and just shout at everyone, just 
really pop your top off and it's just of, really okay. jarring yeah 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 that kind of jerk from i mean being a jerk but i mean going from <laughs> again the fun dad to suddenly you know shouting what feels probably to you as a child like way over the top and it, i'm sure it was way over the top. not i mean not just over the top but but it doesn't match the situation yeah yeah the basement's a mess but the basement was a mess when we were playing around so what's going on now why is it suddenly this is a problem yeah so how did you so so david what did you notice um i think i noticed the anger thing too uh, i don't I don't think you and I actually had a, a decent relationship until I'd come home from my mission, if I'm being honest, because I think we were just two hotheads. Uh-huh. A lot of issues that hadn't been really worked out yet. Yeah. Because um, I know <laughs> there was that one time in the, in the hallway on the stairs and I gotten up in your face. <laughs> so was, real quick, so David was 16 years old and decided that he was big enough to get in my face. Now I stand about six six. David does not stand six six. No. Nope. And I probably outweighed him about a hundred pounds. Yep. And for some reason, he decided to just get nose to nose with me. And I don't even remember what this was about. And I think my response was, "Really? Is that what you want to do?" And suddenly he realized what he was doing, and he took two steps back. Now, thankfully, nothing happened. I mean, you know, but but it was very interesting for me as a parent. To have to just to see that, to have that experience, to realize, and then remember, of course, when having similar experiences with my own dad. So obviously, I mean, you know, you come home, war, combat, deployment, those things that will change you. There's no way to go through those experiences unscathed, and the reality is it it will impact in a family too. So, so what would you tell to um, the veteran that's about to deploy? What advice would you give to him? Now you're an adult and you see that here's a guy with young kids and he's getting ready to leave. What do you tell him? If you're in the military mm-hmm. and you know that's a possibility, starting a family is not a good choice. Interesting. What about you, David? What do you think? Um, you know, I, honestly, I, I kind of agree with, with Mason on that. Um, the other part of me, because I, I understand that um, for for some families, this is it's this is a this is a matter of honor and duty that they're that they're that they're doing in the military, which is which is great. Um, if that's the case, uh, I think um, just take a little bit more time with your oldest because they're going to be they're going to basically they're going to be there when you're not because mm-hmm. you're going to be you know overseas and uh, those uh, siblings if the if that uh, if your oldest kid isn't isn't doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they're going to not going to be happy. It's going to be a rough time. Well, and, and I, I really do hate to sound, you know, quite so bitter, you know, like I, I understand the reasons people make that decision. And I understand the rationale to, to want to protect and serve. You know, I, I get that. Oh, that's police, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, I just think, you know, if you've got young kids, that is such a critical time for you to be there and to be a presence that it's it's really hard to, to I think, justify anything, you know, domestic or foreign being, you know, critical enough for you to say, 
I need my priorities elsewhere or to sign something that says, if you want my priorities elsewhere, I'll let you do that for me. Did anything good come of it? Did, did you see anything good come of from the deployment other than the Disneyland trip we took when we got home? Disneyland <laughs> trip was pretty sweet. <laughs> Space Mountain rules. I think uh, the, the stuff that we do in music now. I think it's one of the biggest things. Yeah, I was going to say I've written some pretty good songs about it, I guess. That's true. That's true. And and I'll make sure we include a link to some of that. Um, Yeah, quick plug. I'm in a band called Rebel Rebel, and um, a lot of just the way that I write music and the, the lyrics that I write are about, you know, the way that I feel about that experience and about kind of how that affected us, I think. Um, you know, it's had kind of a, a long-lasting impact, and I'm still trying to process a lot of kind of how I remember that and how I feel about it. You know, um, I feel like you know a lot of the music that we listened to was really pretty set in stone by some of the stuff that you sent us back. You know, while you were deployed. But it, it really is hard for me to say that there were any net positives sure. from from that experience. Yeah. No. David, what do you think? Any any positive come um, from that? The again, the music thing. Uh, I I don't I don't think music. I mean, music still would have played a kind of a big role, but I don't think it, it would have. We would have been so active in it without having having those experiences. Um, I think it's it's taught me a little bit better on how to to deal with with like my own mental health a little bit better because I've got um, moderate depression and um, seeing seeing you struggle with that is has kind of given me a, a, a blueprint on how I need to handle my own mental health as well. Um, I think uh, for I think for all of us. I, for all of us kids, I think it's also kind of instilled a, a little bit of a, a politically active mindset mm-hmm. to just be more more active in our communities. Just because those those decisions that they make up for the top, I mean, those impact everyone. Those impact families like ours. And if we're not involved, then you know, we can't we can't help other other families either avoid the same choices that we made or. Uh, we can help them make those same choices, but a little bit better. It's tricky because the line between the things that affected us as a result of your deployment and the things that affected us as a result of when mom's illness really started to get bad Mm -hmm. are blurry to non-existent. And so I sound, I think pretty bitter and angry. Uh Um, when not necessarily all of that is is aimed at your service or or at like it's pretty hyper specific to what we as a family went through. And David, any thought? Any last thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I probably. So now I do have a question, David. You had 
I don't know where you're at now, but you had talked about possibly joining the military. Is that is that out? Uh, yeah, I've got too much in the way of mental health <laughs> to do that. Um, I looked into doing the Air Force and Marines, and um, I know for for the Air Force, you actually have to be off of your antidepressants in order for them to mm-hmm. take you. Really? And I'm like, that's insane. That's not happening anytime that's soon. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you know anything about like why they would? require that at all i have no idea my only guess would be basic training is hard enough without you know it's a stressful thing the, yeah. the goal is to create stress and to help you handle those situations through muscle memory yeah and um if you're having to take medication on top of that stressful situation yeah maybe we don't know how you're really going to respond when things do go sideways no that totally makes sense but i honestly i have no yeah. idea that's just that's just a guess okay yeah so i don't i don't know if that's necessarily um, in my future, which I, I, I'm, I've kind of come to terms with because that was something I wanted to do for a while. Um, but now I've, I'm just finding other other ways to, to either make a difference in the world or primarily just focus on my, yeah. my own family, my own slice. If you or any veteran you know is feeling self-destructive or suicidal, Please don't hesitate to use the Veterans Crisis Line by either calling 1-800-273-8255 and pressing 1 or by texting 838-255 or by visiting www.veteranscrisisline.net. This 24-7 confidential service is for all veterans, all service members, the National Guard and Reserve, their family members, and their friends. Join us again for the next episode of We Happy Few. If you have comments about the show, please contact us by email at tips at loudmouthproject.com or on Twitter at loudmouthjason. Check out our website at loudmouthproject.com and navigate to the We Happy Few page. You can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcast, iTunes, and other places where you find interesting shows. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback and it helps grow our audience. We would like to thank our producer and editor, Josh Tilton, and our creative director, Amy Donaldson, for adding the spit and polish to our show. I'm Jason Comstock, and until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and stay engaged. We Happy Few is a production of the Loudmouth Project.